September is a National Suicide Prevention Month. And to promote suicide prevention awareness, today's episode will try to understand what is suicide, why people are taking their own lives, and how just merely talking about it can help save lives. Welcome to The Seed and Talk. Suicide. Uh, just the sound of it makes people uncomfortable, right? It's, it, it's, a, it's a topic that is not talked about, but it is something that really needs to be talked about more. And that is why we're here now. We're talking about difficult conversations, but it's necessary. According to the World Health Organization, there are 700,000 people or more that take their own lives every year. And even there are many more people who attempt suicide. And um, these cases, it's not just a, an individual tragedy. It's a tragedy that affects families, it affects communities and entire countries. And it has long-lasting effects on the people left behind. Um, according to statistics, suicide occurs throughout the lifespan and is the fourth leading cause of death among 15 to 29-year-olds globally in 2019. It is also recorded that men are more than three times more likely than women to take their own lives because although women take, um, I mean, there are higher cases of suicidal attempts for women, but uh, there are higher su successful suicide attempts for men because of number one, the lethality of the the methods that they use, and also because of the stigma that surrounds around men that they should not um, appear weak and they should not show emotions. They just need to um, bury it down on themselves and try to process it on their own to appear strong because that's what society keeps on telling them right and that is why they cannot really talk about it they cannot express and that is why there are higher cases in men and according to the world health organization this is a serious public health problem there this is the reality even in our communities we can hear about this on news in the television and radios even read about this in newspapers do we still have newspapers <laughs> yeah but uh, this is the reality in our community, and, it's, and it, it is still existing. And uh, one of the reasons that is pinpointed, especially in news, in the news, that uh, suicide is caused by breakups, or relationship problems, and financial problems, and anything like that. But really, suicide is a very complex topic. And we cannot really say that there is a single cause that makes an individual suicidal. It's a combination of many other aspects in our lives. But although there are risk factors that are greater risk than the others, but we cannot really identify this. This is the sole reason of uh, why people consider suicide. So when a person feels hopeless, they feel like they are alone, they feel like I mean, they are overwhelmed by pain, by fear, by suffering. They feel like they do not have hope at all and that uh, they may consider ending their lives. Well, um, they do not really want to end their lives. 
They just want to end their pain. And the only solution that they can think of right at that moment is to end their lives. So that is why people are considering suicide. But there are a lot of risk factors why uh, this cases happen. Number one is biological. So just like uh, any health condition, this can also be inherited. If you have um, in your bloodline or if you have history, your family background, have a history of a relative uh, that died due to suicide or uh, there are you have relatives who attempted suicide, then you have a higher risk of developing one. Um, also, your genetic composition, our familial history is mentioned earlier, our health condition, it can be a factor. Another thing is sociocultural. This comes with our social relationships, our family composition, uh, our uh, work conditions, especially in work, no? Because work really is very essential, especially these times because of the inflation, high inflation rates. And um, it's so hard and um, it's so difficult to keep up with um, the world and just by living, by breathing alone, it's very expensive, right? And also status, economic status. According to studies, uh, there are higher cases in low to middle income countries with uh, suicide. So it's also a factor. And uh, including also in the social cultural is how um, strong your support system is, your family relationships, your friends, your support groups, and many others. And cognitive factors when we have um, anxiety and depression or we have this negative view of life of the future of ourselves of the world this could also be an, an uh contributing factor and also trauma and spiritual aspect of course if we if someone is if someone feels disconnected from god or from the meaning and purpose that's why they they feel that their they their their lives is no meaning at all and what's the purpose of living and so uh, they cannot find that sense of purpose that it that could also be a factor so um how to help if this is existing if this uh the number of cases have been i mean have spiked all throughout especially during pandemic right so how how can we help these people how can we help if there we have loved ones and friends and families who are uh at the higher risk no, of of considering suicide so I'll be sharing to you now five steps to suicide prevention. This is from the National Suicide Prevention Lifelines message for National Suicide Prevention Month and beyond. Uh, they have this project uh, or a tagline, hashtag be the one too, uh, to help spread the word about actions we can all take to prevent suicide. So it's not just the job of the psychologist. Uh, it's not just a job of the nurses, of the mental health professionals to take action on preventing suicide. We can all take action. So what are the five steps? Number one is ask. You know, one of the major myths that is still alive up until this century and is already uh, contributing to the thickness of the current stigma along suicide is that People think that if we talk about suicide to a suicidal person, it gives them the idea to actually do it. But no, that is not true. 
Studies show that asking at-risk individuals of whether they are thinking of, about suicide, in fact, reduces suicidal ideation. So the more that we talk about it, the more that we ask about it, specifically, or just asking them, are you considering suicide or how are you? Are you planning to hurt yourself? You know, something like this. Uh, this can actually reduce their suicidal ideation. So it can help just by merely asking, how are you? It can save lives. But you know what? Uh, the flip side of asking is actually listening. Um, it's no use if we just ask in for this. I mean, for the sake of asking, or listen just to respond. But we need to actually listen to their emotional pain, to whatever that they think of, whether or not they're making sense to you or not, right? And just uh, to go with them in the process of um, expressing their emotions and unloading them. And listening to them to understand, to try to understand them. And when people think that they are listened to and validated and that they are not judged, they feel more free and open to share their suicidal thoughts and their emotional pain and what they've been through and the circumstances that they're in. And uh, also, uh, along with the asking and listening, we can help them discover um what are their reasons for living and we help them focus on that reasons and we allow them to discover alternative ways to ease the pain other than suicide so when you are in that situation um there are this elusive thoughts and the only option that you can you can think of is to really end their life but uh by allowing them to discover on their own that there are other alternative ways to ease their pain and to cope up with this uh, problem that they are experiencing, then uh, we can give them uh, hope and we can give them help. Second is be there. Being there for someone with thoughts of suicide is a life saver. People who are suicidal think that they are alone. They isolate themselves because they think no one will ever understand and uh, they feel like their life is lacking of the sense of purpose and that they do not want to burden others so they don't want to to share this to you but according to thomas joiner's interpersonal psychological theory of suicide that's very long um he said that connectedness is a protective factor in reducing the risk of escalation of thoughts from suicidal ideation to action so actually it's just by being there your presence when we connect to other people when we connect to them it becomes a buffer that uh, their thoughts will not turn into actions they will not really attempt you know so that is why in the midst of pandemic it's really hard because we are socially distanced and we are also emotionally distanced too right so number of suicidal cases have spiked due to feelings of isolation and dis disconnectedness so uh, if you want to help someone, be there for them and offer them the gift of connectedness because it's a protective factor. You know, if we are connected as a group, especially especially when you are in a support group, if you're in a circle of friends or your family members, if you feel connected with them, it's, it's actually building a protective wall around you that protects you from uh, dangerous thoughts and distractive thoughts and um you know 
our greatest battle is really in our minds. So we need to protect it and guard it, right? So being there for a person is already a blessing. Third is keep them safe. We need to also by, I mean, on the process of asking and being there for them, we can assess the suicide, how risk the suicidal thoughts is for this person. If if a friend or a family member tells you that they're thinking about death or suicide, it's important to really take it seriously and to evaluate the immediate danger the person is in. We need to remember that the, the more specific the plan is, the more he is in a higher risk of successful suicide attempt. So those at the higher risk for committing suicide in the near future have a specific suicide plan. They really know they really know already what means to carry out the plan, whether or not they hang themselves or they use firearms or they use uh, drugs, or they have set already a time for that and an intention to do it. So by asking them, uh, do you have plans already? How specific these plans are? And if he, th- he, if he, if he says that, I'm thinking of hanging myself at 3.30 in the afternoon or any time that's no one there there's no one in the house or and I really I really have the intention to do it, you know. The more specific this is and the more this person is in higher risk. So we really need to address that and keep them safe. One of one of the ways that we can keep them safe is that we get rid of this person's access to the lethal means you know or the chosen method for suicide attempt so if they if they tell you that uh, they're thinking that to hang themselves and get rid of all of the means ropes and whatever there is that could that he could use you know for for the attempt so according to studies according to the harvard th chan school of public health it's indicated that when lethal means are made less available or less deadly, suicide rates by that method decline, and frequently suicide rates overall decline. So, yeah, we get rid of it, and at the same time, we also make sure that this person is not alone, or there is someone that can uh, take a look and check up on this person, especially if you're if you're in a long distance. So keep them safe. Ask them if they're alone or if they're with others to keep them safe. Okay. Yeah. Number four is help them connect. So as I mentioned earlier, uh, the silver lining of the study is connectedness is is a very important factor in um, helping suicidal persons. So one way to start helping them find ways to connect is to work with them to develop a safety plan, uh, a suicide safety plan. So I have a resource in that a template. It's just a document. Uh, what's inside that? This just uh, it, it, it includes ways for them identify for them to identify if they start to experience significant severe thoughts of suicide, along with what to do in those crisis moments. So it's because if you are in this situation, you your your mind is already clouded and you're filled with elusive thoughts and you're ruminating. And it's very important that uh, if there is this safety plan, we can just get it and be reminded of it. And um, what are the 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 warning signs that you're already in a severe thoughts of suicide and what to do in those crisis moments. A safety plan can also include a list of individuals to 
contact when a crisis occurs. So there's our uh, names and then the contact number so that if there are emergencies that occur or if this person is having uh, thoughts of um, ending their lives, then they can contact this person right away. So it's a suicide safety plan. So if you if you want to have this resource, I can give that to you. You can message me on uh, our page, Seed and Talk podcast, and I can give that to you via private message. Okay, five is five, and the last step is follow up. Our help does not just end on one session or one. How are you? We need to follow them up. After your initial contact with a person experiencing thoughts of suicide and after you've connected them with the immediate support systems that they need, make sure to follow up with them to see how they're doing. So a quick how are you or how has life been doing or do you still have these thoughts or something like that. And it's also important if you want to, so you, we, can, we can refer them to, to seek for professional help if these thoughts are recurring and recurring so that they can be provided with immediate and proper intervention. So uh, this type of contact, follow-up, it can, it can continue to increase their feelings of connectedness and to share your ongoing support. That's just simple form of reaching out or just sending them postcards, sending them um, text messages or chats. It can potentially reduce the risk of suicide. So that's it, the five steps to suicide prevention. Ask them, be there for them, keep them safe, help them connect, and follow up. And last, for the last few minutes of this episode, I would like to address this to anyone who is listening who might be thinking suicidal thoughts. Um, I know it's heavy, but I don't know how heavy it is. I do not know what's going on in your life or... Uh, I do not know what pain you've been feeling lately. And I don't know what circumstances you are in. But what I'm sure is that you do not want to die. You just want the pain to stop. And uh, maybe you're thinking that if you're, you will end your life, it will end the pain. But no, the pain doesn't go away. It just transfers to people who loves you and who misses you and who continually, you know, blaming themselves for not being able to help you in times that you need them. You know, you want to, you just, you just, you just don't want to, to burden them. But I tell you, if you really try to reach out and if you take the time to speak to someone, they want to help you. They'd rather go with you in your struggle than feel the ache of not having to help you when you need them. So I encourage you. I know it's very hard, but please take the risk. Take the time to speak to someone. Reach out. We have here National uh, Suicide Hotline. You can search that on Google. But we also have this organization. I think it's this is in a private organization, Hopeline PH, and they're actually helping a lot of people. If you're experiencing and if you want to reach out to someone, you can also reach out to these people. And if you want to help, uh, if you're someone that you want to help, you can also contact Hopeline PH and donate a little amount that you can 
for for our volunteers and for our mental health professionals who really took the time to make this world a better place and for everyone uh, i encourage everyone to to just try to be the person who's easy to open up with and ultimately let's all be kind in all our circumstances (music) 